You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. I've often been asked, what do you think heaven is really like? And I know that the Bible describes it as a place of no more pain, no more tears, incredible, unspeakable joy. In fact, beauty beyond description, a place of unbridled love. Yet in my heart, I understand God as a creator. He hasn't stopped creating and we've been made in His image. Today, we're looking in week three on our series on perspective about how much more there could be. In fact, Jesus said, you need to pray that you would see here on earth what has already been seen in heaven. Today, I'm praying that every one of us will shift our perspective, not from looking back, but looking into a bigger and greater tomorrow. Today, we're gonna listen and see Dean's story, incredible businessman who's having impact, not just in his local community, but globally. He's got a perspective that will inspire you. Let's take a look at his story. I'd studied architecture and then really wanted to be able to push the boundaries, I guess, of what I could do with my own education. So I created an exchange program to the University of Nottingham. And it was while I was studying in Nottingham that I felt that I, I wanted to explore more of the world. So I registered with an organisation called Tear Fund to volunteer wherever they sent me in the world. And it was there that I just really got a taste for, uh, or an understanding for poverty and a real taste for being able to, that desire to be able to do something to make an impact. We went on a two-day trek up into the mountain region uh, and that's where you really do see extreme poverty where people are just living in basic mud huts. And I wrote a note to myself in my journal at that time, um, which has never escaped me, and it was a note that simply said, if I'm not doing something to impact the lives of others in 10 years' time from now, then I'm a failure. To be registered as an architect, you need to have done a year of practice at the time, which I was working through, but then I needed to go back to uni for another two years. And it was the last day of university that I went straight back to India. And that time I spent three months there, travelling all around, and I crossed paths with another organisation and ended up working with them to design and build their first children's home and community centre. And it was there that I started to really get a better understanding of what could be done at a, a small local scale to be able to have what I call this ripple effect in whole communities. But I'd always had this desire, even though I'd worked several months in India, to do something in Africa. Uh, I gathered a team together of about 15 people and we were heading over there to start pioneering this new idea of establishing our first children's village. The idea that we first went over there to establish is now, 10 years on, what is known as One Heart Foundation. And what One Heart Foundation is about is simply creating sustainable communities for orphan and abandoned children. But it's beyond just creating children's homes, it's trying to create an environment centred around love to be able to, I guess, clearly demonstrate God's love to these children, to be able to take kids that have been abandoned to the streets and give them not only a home, but provide them the best education we can to integrate them into a loving family home and to, I guess, integrate them back into a true community again. So now 10 years on, we have two children's villages and we are the legal guardians of 75 orphaned and abandoned children. 
and we've established our first primary school where we now educate around 200 children from the local community and almost as we speak we're starting the construction of a new high school as well. To God every life is equal, every life is of the same value and I think that our call or, our, or my motivation is to be able to treat people in the way Christ would and that is to not separate us and them or rich and poor. It's essentially what are the needs of people and how can I be part of a process in helping them. I started to think one day what is Kenya famous for, what's unique about it and I realised running is a great way to be able to connect with people here. So fortunately we made some connections with some of the most uh, famous athletes in Kenya, current world record holders and world champions. So we set up a program where we take teams of professionals from Australia to Kenya and base ourselves in the high altitude training camp. We get mentored by some of the athletes and coaches, but more importantly, we then get to spend some time in the village, get to spend time with the kids. If I stop and think about what it is that we're working towards, it can be captured in a picture I have in my mind that I won't stop until I can achieve. And it's simply sitting on a deck of a humble guest house that we're going to build on the banks of the river in our children's village in Kenya. But surrounded by the One Heart kids, but also my own children, sitting there, being part of that community, looking around, knowing that through the small sacrifice that we've made as a family, that I've made by establishing and growing this work, that it's those kids' lives that will be changed forever and generations beyond that. That, for me, is uh, the most satisfying thing I could do. What I love about Dean's story is how big a perspective he has and how that has released countless others into a new level of freedom. Imagine today if you were to take a blank sheet of paper and you ask the question, God, what does my future from your perspective look like? Imagine if you went to this piece of paper and you thought, if I removed all boundaries, what could I write? You see, already, I think we've seen that the way we see ourselves has such a huge gauge on how we step into our tomorrow, how we process the things that we didn't expect to happen, how often those things, if we don't see them correctly, they will create roadblocks. But I think also, as we look at perspective today in light of tomorrow, I'd like to challenge you to believe in this next season that you're gonna reach further than you ever believed would be possible. I've been, even this last couple of weeks, living with this thought that God, because He's eternal, is already in my tomorrow. He's already there. And I feel like God's saying, would you just believe me for more? I'm already there. Will you trust that I'm in your tomorrow? And I think this next season, this next chapter of our life, it would be a good exercise to write down and say, God, I need a perspective change. Rather than waiting for you to take me by the hand and make everything clear, write a big vision. Uh, here's a thought, maybe you could think about it too for a while, but I think God-centered vision is always beyond me. It's always bigger than me and it's always better than me. Let me say that again, beyond bigger and better than me. So God wants me to grow into my future. And that's a big perspective change because when I know I'm valued, when I know my past, whatever it has been, 
as I've processed it, it enables me to stand upright, then I must reach in and see things differently. Oscar Wilde wrote it like this, uh, optimists see life like a donut. Pessimists see it like a whole. Same thing, different perspective. And that power of perspective for all of us is in the way that we see our tomorrow. So I encourage you today as we're in week three of this whole series on shifting our perspective, believe for a bigger tomorrow. Don't get so caught up with getting it all right. Just know God is in a bigger tomorrow. And he says, would you reach and get close to me? You will ask what you will because your hearts are aligned and it will be done for you. And God in heaven rejoices when you live with bigness. It's bigger than you right now. It's better than you right now. It even is beyond you, but that perspective must shift into believing for more. Uh, I've had the privilege of meeting many people and Alex and Yvonne, I've known them for many, many years. I know you're gonna enjoy their story. Alex travelled a lot. He was away approximately six months of the year on and off um, with short breaks in between. Not an easy thing coming home from being six weeks away and, and uh, fitting in. I mean, your children were, always loved you, um, but they had a totally different regime to what I was used to, uh, where I'd been living in hotels on my own and coping for myself. And um, everybody was sort of a team and I, really had to slot back into all of that and, and become a father. About six years later, Alex was um, looking at starting our own business and we just had started and we found out that we were pregnant with our fourth child, who um, is Geneva. And um, it was a real shock to the system um, because we had decided that three was it for us. I just uh, wondered how we were going to cope with the fourth child coming along and um, it was uh, it was not an easy thing for me to accept. I was of the opinion while well, I'm pregnant now so um, so I just accepted it and um, there was no way I was going to um, to do anything about it. I'd been raised in a Christian family and um, so I knew enough even though we weren't with God at that time I knew enough to know that I didn't want to abort this baby. I was in the birthing suite when Geneva was born, the um, midwife gave me the um, scissors and um, told me to cut the cord. And from that point, we've been the greatest mates ever since. One day I uh, was checking the mail and I saw there was a flyer in, the, in our letterbox and the flyer was advertising a sort of like a, a childcare, I guess, um, for mothers that wanted to do shopping at the supermarket across the road. It sort of had a set up, like, I guess, like a seminar um, type of effect, but it had a, a set of drums on the stage. I thought, oh, what is this place? So this lady came out and greeted me and I said to her, what is this place? And she said, oh, well, actually, it's a church. During the week, I said to Yvonne, um, what, what's changed? And um, she said to me, um, I've been going to church. Uh, I just said, look, that's not a problem, just so long as I don't have to go. And um, I didn't, and that's where we left it. I went up to my bedroom and I walked in the bedroom and shut the door behind me and I just 
with an indignant, um, I don't know, righteousness said to God, you told me he was gonna be a mighty man of God, prove it. That was my prayer and um, and I felt really guilty <laughs> for, for praying like that. Coming back to Geneva again, we uh, had a, a batch up north and her and I would be out fishing or, or, or cleaning fish. She would um, sit up on my shoulders in her nappies and would sing these hymns that she learnt. And one day I went to um, have my boat, have the boat serviced and I went to pick up the boat on a Friday afternoon and normally I would stay and have a few beers with, with the guys that, that did that. And uh, I got in the car and drove off, driving down the northwestern motorway and um, took my hands off the wheel and uh, said, Lord, my life is in your hands. So at that stage I had a revelation of, um, of God in my life, largely from being surrounded um, by my family who by now had all gone back to church. I always worried about my kids. I hoped that they would never have to go through the things that I went through. I hoped that they would never have to see a lot of things that I saw in my um, earlier days of life. I hoped that they never had to do this, have the struggles. When you, when you feel like there's no hope left, when you feel like nothing you can do is going to change the perspective of what you're going through, when you feel like there's no hope anymore, just cry out to God. Just ask Him and He'll answer you. It's an amazing thing, isn't it, that no matter how much seed you have in your hand, God can use it. And what an incredible story. We've seen already that God-centered vision is so much bigger than us. In fact, it's beyond us, it's bigger than us, and it's better than us. But today I'm really excited because I've got with me a couple of friends again, Eleanor and Jono, welcome. And they're great to have you here. Uh, we're talking today about perspective and particularly, you know, perspective about a greater tomorrow. But before we get into it, I'd love to hear a little bit about you guys and what you do. You're a physiotherapist. Tell yes. me a little bit about yourself and what you do. So um, I am a physiotherapist. I work using a system called neurological integration, yeah. which is more about how the brain can actually uh, fix the body oh. and creates, like reconnect signals when things have broken down or disconnected. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm a mother as well, and I've got three amazing kids and a wife, and yeah, but I work part-time yep. as much as I can, and I love to help people. I was just gonna say that, since I've known you, you love the change that can happen in somebody's life yep. and what you can do to do and be a part of that process. Mm. What about you, Jono? You've been through a very, very big few years. Yeah, the last few years have been quite crazy. Um, yeah, about four and a half years ago. Um, we had a terrible car accident, but I sustained lots of uh, bone breakages and a traumatic brain injury. So yep. um, basically it's been a bit of a hard road to, to recovery. Um, but it's been awesome to have Eleanor um, the whole way along to help me through it. Well, it's great to have both of you together because again, 
when we face things, and we've looked already in the series on perspective how our past can be very loud in who we are. And uh, being a part of that journey with you guys as well, to understand the incredibleness of the challenge to believe that tomorrow can be far bigger and better than our today, which is huge. Do you find that a lot in your patients? Yeah, I think that a lot of people that come to me are at the end of themselves. They like, I've tried lots of things, I'm not getting better, and and I'm like, okay. And I do believe that our bodies are created to heal, and I think totally. that there is amazing potential uh, for our bodies to not just do what someone's told us or like put them in a box. Yep. And I think that um, even with Jono, when he came, him and Geneva said to me, the doctors have said this. And I said, well, I don't believe that. I think mm. that there's a lot more that we can do. Mm. And so that's kind of how I started thinking, we're really gonna uh, try and make this an amazing story for them yeah. and not accept yeah. what someone said. So, you, I mean, you are a medical practitioner. Mm -hmm. So you have the benefit of a lot of training, a lot of understanding. Yeah. And yet what you do has a lot to do with the shifting of what we think in our mind and our brain mm. to function and have a real role even in physical well-being. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a term called neuroplasticity, yep. which a lot of people throw around, but it's basically the brain's ability to form mm. and reconnect wow. uh, make new connections basically yeah. and so I I never limit someone to just thinking we'll accept that diagnosis yeah. I'm like actually there's way more yeah. and that's what we did with Jono totally yeah and from your perspective Jono you know, in, in this incredible challenge particularly yeah. when medical science uh, said really that's as far as you'll ever get you'll never be someone that has this, the kind of life you had before mm. um, and the fact that you survived is a miracle in itself. Yeah. Were there times where we're talking about shifting our perspective and believing for a far greater tomorrow because yeah. we're connected to God than we've ever seen? And that is a challenge for all of us to begin with God to start again in every season with a blank sheet of paper that says, God, what do you want? Where could we go with this? Were, were there times where you felt like, oh, I might as well just give up? Plenty of times. Yeah. There were like so many. Yeah. Um, but I think coming back to church every week and being grounded in my solid group of friends and with my amazing wife and with Eleanor's help, um, there's just so many amazing people around me, you know, um, to kind of, I guess, lift me up um, and just being there with God every day um, as, as my source of, of comfort and um Supply. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's really made all the difference, you know. Did, did you have to, uh, like, tangibly go, you know, what I'm feeling, what they're saying, uh, I'm just, I am going to live a different perspective? Because perspective is such an influential thing when wherever we stand, we could focus in on anything. Yeah. We could focus in on the greatest noise coming to us. We could focus on the reality. And maybe even today you're going, you know, at my reality, there is no shifting point with this. Whereas we want to challenge that, that God has got answers that are mm. bigger, beyond and better than us currently. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, if there was somebody feeling, uh, I'm sure in today's society, that there are many that come to you, like you said, that go, you know, that's the end. 
I, I just don't have hope. How do you shift perspective in your own life for both of you and in the lives of others? What have you learned to do? I think sometimes you have to step back mm-hmm. and just take yourself out of the situation for a second, even if I'm with a patient and I'm thinking, how can I help this person? Sometimes it's just a stop and a breathe. Wow. And I ask God to help me. Yeah. Um, and then I can... I Yeah, I think God does speak to me yeah. and then it gives me a bit of a shift in the way I'm doing things or thinking. Mm. And cool. I think I did that several times with Jono, even... So did you, did you have to say to Jono, come on, like that, or you really need to take hold of the possibility of tomorrow? Um, I think sometimes we, we would get to a point where we're like, okay, that bit hasn't improved like I was hoping. So then we'd come back and go, okay, let's do something a bit different. And then yeah. we would work on it. Mm. But I knew that when Jono had the accident and our church prayed mm-hmm. for him, I said to my husband, I need to help him. God's told me that I'm going to help him in his recovery process. And that was months before we actually got through you out of the, that was when he was in the coma. Mm. And so I know that I knew that I was like, God had actually got me there to help him. So I knew that we were going to really make some big changes. And that was exciting. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, And Geneva said at one of the sessions, when the doctor started to say words mm. that were negative, she said, I just put a wall up, mm. like a glass wall, and I didn't mm. let it hit me. Right, yeah. 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 You know, I was thinking about what we need to do is, is often stand back and dream. We, we've got to take some space, I think, is what I, I want to say, to, to see, create space to see again. Yeah. I, mm. I think you don't have a shift of perspective because you're fed up with what's happened. It's that blank sheet of paper. Mm. And we will never walk towards things that we don't see. Um, catalytic scripture for me, and of course part of our church, has always been Second or well, First Corinthians 2 and, and verse 9 where, where Paul writes and he says, you realise that your natural eye has not seen and your natural ear hasn't heard and, and even your heart uh, it really doesn't understand what God's prepared, what, what yeah. God has in front of you. And then the next verse, it says, but God has revealed them to us in our spirit, man. Mm. Or in our, you know, in our spirit, we begin to dream again. And, yeah. and I, I want to encourage you today to shift a perspective into the potential of your future. Take some time. Take some time. John has had to, he's had lots of time in this process, mm. but you could be filled with what's not happening. Mm. Or you could dream about the day that these legs will move normally. Yes. Uh, to see you playing drums, I still get a tear in my eye. Uh, for these hands to be coordinated and for me to bring blessing to others. And now you're training people <laughs> to do it. And it's yeah. like yeah. what they said couldn't happen. And, uh, and, and one other thought I'd like to just throw around is not only do you need to create space to dream if you're going to change your perspective about your tomorrow, but I do think you need to, what I would say is establish endpoints. Yeah. Like if, if we don't have an absolute goal in a fresh season, we can have, oh, I'd like that to change and we'll see what will happen. Mm. But I, I'm a believer that take the time to, to really know what it is you're going to hang on for in God mm. 
how would you address that? How would you respond to that? How important is it for us yeah. to have something we hang on to? I'm huge on goals. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've always been really goal orientated, and I think that there's something about having a self goal, but I think to have a God goal yeah. and to actually get God's opinion on that because then it's so much better than ours. Because yeah. yes. our, our limited thinking yeah. is, we are limited in our thinking, but if we can get God's perspective, we can have goals that are way better. Yeah. But you've got to have a goal, you've got to have something to step towards. And with you and treatment, I had a plan, I had it written out, what, what? are we gonna do? How, what I want to see improve each time. Sometimes we're working on more like your cognitive and brain functioning. Yeah. And other times we were working specifically on the arm and the legs and the back mm. because there was extensive injuries. Yeah. And um, I knew that he needed to drum again yeah. because for his soul, yeah. that was who you were. Mm. Yeah. And I, I was like, he has to drum again. Awesome. So that was yeah. one of our goals. And so we really did focus on the arm and then you had another surgery. Yeah. And got some more movement wow. and, and yeah. then on social media the other day he's drumming it he's killing it 200 beats per minute <laughs> <laughs> no, 220 220 beats did, per minute did you have did you have a set goal that I'm going to drum again yeah definitely yeah. amazing definitely um, actually at the rehab house um, they were kind enough to let me set up my drums in a uh, it's a little, little studio yeah, yeah. <laughs> to practice um, to get back in when I first started it was like diabolical honestly like, I couldn't even like put anything together yeah. but after a, a number of months like I eventually got there um, and it's been a number of years now so wow. and how many surgeries oh I don't know how many like foot leg um, arm multiple times yeah yeah totally he Heaps. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is a challenge. Again, we've seen that Jesus said in John 15, get close to me and you're going to ask for things. And dad in heaven's going to be glorified when you break into new territory. Mm. And, and I think if we can create a space yeah. every season, every week even, just to dream, to see mm. beyond uh, and have some, some of those endpoints, as we've seen yeah. with Dean's yeah. story earlier, uh, it's an amazing thing that he can impact the world. Alex and Yvonne experienced so much in their past that they had the right to give up, but model a healthy perspective. And it is the way that we see tomorrow mm. and, and the way we focus in on that right perspective that brings us to a world that's beyond us, bigger and better than us. Mm. And never forget that God has made you for so much more than you could dream about and have some tangible goals and make sure that you're committed to a God of more. And wherever you find yourself, whether you're watching today on TV, you're online or one of our campuses, we, we just trust that these thoughts and stories are gonna inspire you in your next season to believe for so much more. In fact, come on, let's take a moment just to pray. Father, we thank you that you are forever creating you're a God that reaches towards us and tries to lift us to new levels that naturally we so often get conditioned to accept where we're at. I pray today that every person will take a moment to allow your thoughts to become our thoughts, for your spirit to ignite within us a dream for so much more. Bless everybody today, we pray in the name of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from life. If you have questions 
or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org. 